for those of you who were here last week, Keith um, preached a message about nourishment, spiritual nourishment, and the spiritual milk that we get when we become a Christian, and how that nourishes our soul, and we begin to grow in Christ, and then as time progresses, hopefully, and our roots grow deep, where we transition from milk to spiritual meat, where we are rooted firmly in Jesus, and we go out and we share his word with the world. So tonight, um, we're going to be talking about another uh, term, I guess, um, that we don't always hear, but it's, it's simple when you break it down. It's a really churchy word. I don't know if it's up there. Sanctification is what we're talking about tonight. So that's not really something we say every day, but um, it, another word for it is becoming holy. And another word, another term for that is just being set apart. When we come to know Christ and we have a relationship with Him, we're, we're different. We, we, we count the cost of following Christ. We realize we're going to be different. We're going to, be, we're going to face things in life that we wouldn't normally face if we were not a follower of Christ because we're going to have to stand against what is most common and most popular and all that. And so after you count the, the, the cost of following Christ and make that decision that you want to surrender your life to Him, you're, you're set apart. You're different. Um, God's Word describes it as taking out the heart of stone and putting in a heart of flesh. I mean, you have a new life. You're a new creation. The, the old person is gone, and the new person is here. And, and then you start your life in pursuit of a relationship with Jesus. And you become... As your life goes on, more mature, more rooted, more like Christ as your life goes on. And, and a lot of times people, you know, once you, once you pray and, 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 you know, confess to the Lord that you want to live for Him, a lot of times it's unclear where you go from there. You know, like, okay, so I, I want to live for Jesus, but I really don't know how. And so people come to church, and a lot of times that's all they ever do. Is just get saved and come to church, you know. And if you come to Sunday school, you're doing really good, you know. I mean, because they don't know. But what the, part of the whole thing about having a relationship with Christ is getting to know Him. And the only way to get to know Him, you can't depend on your grandmother, your parents, your even your pastor. You those are good people to go to to, you know, talk about things or to listen to them, but you can't solely depend on your relationship with God through another person. It has to be through Christ in, in God's Word. So, um, you know, it, as a whole, I guess Scripture can seem confusing at first. It's overwhelming. It's a big book. It's got a lot of words we don't use a lot, like sanctification, you know. But once you break it down and you... You ask God, you know, in my, in my walk with you, I want to know you better. I want you to help me understand your word. And he will. It's alive. That's another thing that this word says. His word is alive, and it pierces our heart, and it's like a mirror. It's like when you, when you learn more about God, you see yourself in comparison to him, and you realize you can do nothing on your own. We're nothing without him. And... And, and that's when you really learn to lean on Him. It's not like you think, well, I'm worthless. I, I don't need to live. It's like, 
No, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I can't get through a day without you. And you, you learn more and more and more. And, and your roots of faith grow deeper. And, and you rely on Him to be your strength. You're not trying to live this life on your own anymore. And so uh, we're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 1 tonight. And this is Peter writing a letter to Christians in various places. Um, I read somewhere where it said mostly in... Um, Asia Minor back then. So he's writing to other believers, okay? These are people who, you know, have, you know, want a relationship with Christ. They've heard of Jesus. You know, he has not been gone that long. And so the disciples are out, you know, sharing and all this stuff. And Peter is coming. He's not too far from the, the end of his life, and, and he knows that. So he's, he's getting his final, you know, thoughts and encouragement out to other believers, so in verse 1, um, I'll start there. We're going to go through verse 13. It says, This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I want to stop just for a second and... And just point out a couple of things that stuck out to me. So, so Peter is writing these letters to encourage other believers. And he says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That right there says that just because you know who Jesus is, you've decided to follow him. And you're, you're, you're pushing forward to live for him. You don't stop right there. You don't stop at your decision to love God or your decision to follow Christ. Following somebody is action. It's movement. It's, it's going. You, it's not like just something you do and then you're done. You're never done. There's never a retirement from that, okay? And so he says, as you grow in your knowledge, you know, so you're continually growing. You never arrive until your life here is over. That's when you arrive, okay? And another thing is, by His divine power, in verse 3, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. So, yeah, this letter is technically to other people, but this word is relevant to us today. This is God's word for us today. God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We are the ones that add on all the stuff that weigh us down. Those things we don't have to carry around with us. We choose to. So remember that. Like God has equipped us for exactly who he wants us to be and given us everything we need to live the life that he's called us to live. You don't have to go do anything fancy or you know, know certain people or be friends with certain people or you know, have a connection with your... you know the grandmother that prayed for you all her life. It, it's not about that. It's about your relationship with God and what He has equipped you with. 
in verse 5. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. This list of five things that Peter has said to put into practice are things that will help us not fall away in our relationship. This book is here for a reason, and it is because it is a guide for our life. And we can turn away, and we do. I do. Every one of us, at some point, turn away, you know, some of us 32 times every day, and we don't even want to, and we do it anyway. And then we say we're not ever going to do it again, and we do it the very next day. And that's, that is being a human. But we have to surrender those things. We cannot be in denial that we have sin in our life if we do, and... We have to do everything we can to turn away from that and go the other way so that we do not fall away. And so we don't lose sight of what's really important in this life. And, and Peter is trying to explain that to these churches. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. So I I was thinking about make every effort. That's in verse 5. Make every effort. Okay, I heard I was just like majorly privileged to get to see Francis Chan in person. I was on the sixth row. I just was so beside myself because I was actually hearing him preach in person, but he touched on this, um, make every effort. And I was thinking about people who train, like we have athletes in here, we have people who take dance in here, we have, you know, people who are like striving for a promotion at work and just all these things. And, And I was thinking, we give everybody and everything so much of our time and our effort, like, you know, you got to study to make good grades. You've got to put in effort there. You have to, to excel in sports. You have to practice. You have to work out. You have to be there. You know, or you're going to be benched or whatever. Um, like, and, and I was thinking specifically, there's a triathlon, like the Ironman's coming up in Kona. Okay, it's in 10 days. And, like, I watch that every year. And, um, and I was thinking about the training that these athletes have to go through to be able to swim to point something miles in the ocean and then, you know, ride 120 something miles on their bike and then run a marathon at the end of that. That is crazy to me. And so these people are in the the peak of their physical, you know, performance of their life for this race. And every year, not in Kona, but every year in the racing world, in triathlons, people die from it. Even though they're in their best shape, they've trained, they've worked, they've prepared, they eat right, they they do everything right, 
But when their body hits that water, it does something to the heart that you cannot fully prepare for, and it kills people every single year. And to, I was thinking about that today, and I was like, you know, sometimes you, you can be in God's Word, and you can be on your knees every day praying, and you can strive to do your best, and you can prepare. You can, you can have your, you know, just your, your God in your mind all day, every day, and you're still going to mess up, and your heart is going to get out of whack just like that. It can happen because we are not perfect. And, and when you start thinking, I've got this, I'm ready, you know, and you're depending on your own strength and your own knowledge and your own everything, that is when we get into trouble because we think we don't need God. We think that we have got it. We've got it. And we don't have it. We, we cannot do it on our own. It will stop us dead in our tracks, and, and we will fall. Nobody here... Is, is above that, nobody. And so we have to recognize, and we have to remind each other. That's another thing. When You know, make every effort to respond and to think on God's promises. And then later he says, I will never stop telling you. I will never stop reminding you. I will never stop encouraging you. And to me, we should be that way with each other because we all get in these places in our mind where we feel low or, we, you know, we've been talking about... Um, in the Though He Slay Me series and the Taboo series, struggles that we have, we all have them. That, and, and we don't want them. That's why they're called struggles. You know, we don't want to struggle. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good. It's hard. And, and it brings us down. And it, it, you know, it trips us up. And the thing is that, like Kenny said, um, last week or week before, God sees us. He knows every heartbeat. He knows every tear. Every time that we're like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do and I can't do it and I don't even want to try, you know? Be real in your prayers, first of all. That, I think that's so important. If you're just saying a blessing and a nighttime prayer and that's it, like a routine kind of thing, you might as well just save your breath because that doesn't even mean anything. That's a almost like a, like a poem you've memorized you know be real with God be open that is your only way of communicating with him and studying this word for yourself is the only way you're going to know what he's saying to you you have to have that you cannot depend on somebody else to explain what scripture means to you you have to dig in and figure it out for yourself because that's where you're going to grow and your faith is going to become strong so I, I just um, want to encourage everybody to don't, don't give God your, your leftovers. You're, at the end of the day, you're tired and you're like, oh, God, I meant to read my Bible at lunch today, but I just got, you know, I was talking and I got busy. You know, I'll, I'll just try to do it in the bed before I go to sleep. Well, you're going to read two words and fall asleep. I mean, you're not even going to read it. You know, so make every effort. Make every effort to be what, what God wants us to be. Not because it's our duty, not because He's going to punish us if we don't, but because He loves and sees us where we are and He keeps our tears in a bottle. And, and yeah, He created the universe, but He also put us right where we are today. And He brought all of us together tonight to hear the truth of His Word. So 
that we can be encouraged through His Word together. So we can be growing together as a family. So we can hear the truth and not some sugar-coated mess that only makes you feel good for right now and does nothing else. As soon as you leave the room, it's over. This is the truth. And the truth is, it's, it's hard. It's hard in life. And we all know that. And we all have stories. And we all have things that we've been through that we didn't think we could make it through. But we're here. And that's because God has a plan. And the plan is for us to know Him so close that we want to go out and share Him with everybody else that don't know Him because it's a dark world out there. I feel like, you know, if we're here all the time, we're kind of sheltered from the reality of that. There's so many people that don't even know what really following Christ is like. And we know and we have that truth in us. And it's it's not okay to keep it to yourself. It's just not okay to keep the truth inside and keep that light inside. So my challenge, I guess, is just what I felt challenged by through this. Just give God your best. Give God your first. Make every effort to be what God wants you to be out there so that the world can see a difference. So you will be so bold and so thankful and overjoyed for what is inside of you that you want to share it with somebody that don't know because you care so much about them because God cares so much about you and you know it because you, you walk in it every day. And, and you realize that even though when you do look in that mirror that Scripture shows and you see how you don't measure up to God, that He loves you anyway, and you want to share that grace with other people. Because the world needs to know about the hope that we have in Jesus. They're starving for it. And it's just, like I said, it's just not okay to keep it in these four walls or between us. And like Keith has said, we're the body of Christ. And we're not complete until everybody's in, in the body. We're not complete until... Everybody comes to Christ that's going to come to Christ. So, you know, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus is in heaven, and we are here. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, then we should have a desire to go out and share the love of Christ with the world. And that's, my, that's how I felt challenged, and I, I hope that you're encouraged by um, this word and that, you know, we'll... We'll think about these, these five things. Um, I want to read them one more time. Supplement your faith, which means enhance your faith, add to your faith. In, this will increase your faith if you add these things to your life. A generous portion of moral excellence. Do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. That's what that means. I looked it up. Um, <laughs> um, moral... And to moral excellence, knowledge. Knowledge for yourself. Don't go by what somebody else tells you. Knowledge is power, and you increase your knowledge by studying this word. Self-control. I have to work on that. When I get upset, I say a lot of things that I should not say before I can even make my mouth stop moving. So that one's for me. 
um, self-control with patient endurance. Patient endurance. Patience. We all struggle with that, I know. That goes back with self-control too, I think. But anyway, endurance. Keep going even though you're having to wait, even though you're not getting the answer that you're looking for right away. Keep going. Keep pushing. Push, push. Like those athletes that are training... I'm sure they don't feel like working out every single day of their whole entire life for one race, one day. But, but if you want to be in the race, you have to keep, keep pushing through. Um, and godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection. That's loving people. Loving your brothers and sisters. A generous portion of love toward them. And then brotherly affection with love for everyone. We're not just supposed to love each other in here or love our friends or love the people we want to love. We're supposed to love everybody. And so if we follow that or we make every effort to respond to this, it says do these things and you will not fall away. And so I want y'all to pray for me and I will pray for you too because it's not, it's not always easy living the life that we're called to live. And so, um, if you'll bow your head, I'll pray, and we'll have a time of invitation. Father, I come to you, Lord, right now, God, and I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. God, for the truth of your word and how your word speaks to our hearts, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that we don't have to add anything to your word for it to change what the truth is, God. I just thank you so much, Lord, for your love and your mercy, Lord. And I, I just pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here, God, that doesn't know the truth of your word and doesn't have a relationship with you, Lord, that you will just speak to their hearts, Lord, and they, Lord, they will just make that commitment, Lord. And I just thank you so much for your great love and your mercy. In your holy name I pray. Amen.